Good morning. Up and Adam. Let us go ahead and open this Bible study, recovery Bible study, with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Okay, we're going to jump around around 1 Samuel 3.10, whatever catches our eyes about peer pressure, the subject of peer pressure. And that's in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1 through 14. Okay, let's read that. Saul was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 42 years. 1 Samuel chapter 13 Saul selected 3,000 special troops from the army of Israel. Samuel, and then verse, it says, Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgag, and his men were trembling with fear because of the enemy. As Samuel had instructed him earlier to wait for seven days till he got there, so they can sacrifice some animals to the Lord and they can hear from God and get God's help to go against the enemy. But Saul saw that Samuel wasn't there yet, and he started worrying. His, his army started depleting. They started abandoning him. They started leaving him. So Saul said, I saw men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines at Michmash are ready for battle. So I said, I haven't even asked the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish this claim. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. It's amazing how many second chances we get. You know, we keep, I keep telling everyone and I keep reminding myself to be obedient as a soldier is and to suck it up and to thank God for my misery that I caused, thank God for the wrong that I caused, to thank God for the hurts that I caused people. Not because it's a way out or gives me a daily reprieve but because it is it is the lord's command the lord has already appointed the 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 lord's command he's already given us now it explains right here what they are it says um okay we move right along it says right here yesterday okay here we go it says right here um, what is more pleasing to the Lord okay than trying to lie between your teeth okay this is what the Lord says he asked you to thank him didn't I Fernando turn over my 
my will and my life over the care of God in step three. Was that a quality? Well, that's why they tell you, and uh, they tell you, make sure that you're ready and make sure that you're ready to take this step to turn your life and your will over to the care of God and actually you're you're becoming a soldier in his army and to be a help for helper that you learn I learned my lesson I got beat up by alcohol bills people misery shame disgrace I came into alcoholic anonymous 12 step programs narcotics anonymous came into Al-Anon uh, pretty well depleted, asking for words that will fix me up. Actually, words that will give me hope. There was no hope in the bottle, no hope in anger, no hope in my words. My spirit wasn't working. So I came into in here and I said yes to step one. You bet my life is, is manageable. I said yes to step two. I said, yep. The reeling of the mind... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not having fun. I'm just existing. People in there were cheerful in the meetings. They were joyful and happy. They were intelligent and wise. They had something about them, and I, I wanted that. Well, here it is, people. It says right here, what is more pleasing to the Lord than step three? Turning your, your life and your will over to the care of God. And just how do we do that? Well, for me, I had to make a, a commitment and I was being reminded over and over by God through the years that I needed to laugh more, not take myself too seriously, and to praise Him and thank Him for my difficulties. <coughs> Listen, it says right here, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fatter rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, He has rejected you as king. The Lord has asked us to remember Him on a daily basis when we get together in communion to eat bread. We eat donuts. At meetings, do we remember the Lord Creator? Do I remember Him? Do I acknowledge Him? Do I thank Him in gratitude? Um, after a while, it's an easy thing. Your subconscious mind does it for you. And you're, you're very uh, joyful, quick to laugh, smiling, beaming with... Uh, with joy and forgiveness and other you know others see it and always say it hey you know I got attracted to Fernando I got attracted to so and so because of their enthusiasm for the for the program and for people let's see right here it says Samuel's words pierce Saul callous heart like surgical steel as we seek recovery, nothing can take care of the place of obedience to God. Everything hinges on an obedient heart. This was where Saul had failed so miserably. He tried to cover his sins with religious activity, promising to offer sacrifices to God. But God was more interested in Saul's confession and obedience. 
than in his sacrifice. Saul's obvious regrets spur him to grasp vainly at Samuel's robe, but reality proved painful. God's reaction of Saul are so many second chances was real at this point. Complete recovery for Saul had become virtually impossible. So, you know, it's hard to say. You say all things are possible with God. How do you get God, how do you get on the good side of God? By thanking him for you, that you're a misfit. I thank him that I'm a messed up. I get on the good side of God. And it gives me joy. That's the benefit. It gives me peace. It gives me tranquility. I get a, I get one with God. I keep the, the uh, door of acceptance open, open when I accept the problems with thanksgiving. And then I said, okay, God, I got this problem here. Check it out. Uh, I thank you that I, I ran out of gas in my car. I was just running. I used to do that. Run so hard back and forth, make this appointment, make that, and I'll put gas in later, put gas in. It's the same thing as a Bible study or prayer. And I run out of gas. And then <clears throat> if I started pounding on the steering wheel, if I started cursing and yelling and screaming like a little kid, Basically, I have to say, whose fault is it, right? The light was telling me, you got 30 miles left. And I kept pushing. It's the same thing on everything. Um, So, God, so now I say, okay, God, I thank you that I ran out of gas. I did it. See, this is the first step in acceptance. If I pine and I get I get on myself, that's habitual. I want to feel bad. I want to feel shame. I want to feel... Uh, so I did it to myself. My subconscious mind did it to myself because it's programmed like that. It's programmed negatively. So what I got to do is I have to thank God that I ran out of gas. I thank God that I was foolish. I thank God. So now when I thank God, a little power goes in, inside of me. A little memory that uh, is positive and it starts to uh, take away the shame little by little, starts taking away the uh, the disgrace little by little. It t- starts taking away the habit of being shameful, of always causing shame to myself and to others, disgrace, falling from, from grace. From regular maintenance stuff, God is trying to get our attention. We're going to head in the wrong direction without Him. So He's telling us, I need for you to thank me for your problems. This is really mercy. You want to thank me for today's problems. Because in the way you're headed, there's no mercy. Maybe there's no forgiveness down the road when you keep you keep at your... You ever see a person just go out and they take their life? You know, they didn't thank God for their little difficulties. Then they couldn't handle the big difficulties. And the reason you want to thank God is it's the great exchange. You're thanking God. I'm thanking God for my junk so I can help others. So I can help others. The great exchange. Open and helping others. Okay, so I thank God that I ran out of gas. I put gas in the car. Somebody comes in. Thank you very much. 
I don't even fill up my tank. I put five bucks in, ten bucks in, and there I go again. There I go again. Then I run out of gas again. Then I had to come back and thank God over again. Thank God. Thank God. See, now I have hope. Thanking God is hope. Thanking God is facing the right direction. Thanking God is, is learning a new skill. Is learning to praise Him and thank Him that I'm running out of gas. And then later on, I put 20, 25, and I still run out of gas. And I go through it about eight times, 10 times, 12 times throughout the years. Well, needless to say, today, I've, it costs almost $80 to fill my, my tank. My tank is always full now. You know, if I take a trip, fill it up right away. And God, get this, God pays for the tank. God pays for the gas. You know, I just thank him, Lord. I need a tank of gas. So he, he sends me ways to make money. And, he, and it's been like that ever since I started thanking him. He always gives me instructions, teaching. There's a hundred ways to find solutions when I thank God for a problem. Because I'm opening up, I'm accepting it. I said, well, what's my part? You know, what's my part? I should be I should be smarter than that, but I can't seem to get what's the problem. The problem is I'm not thanking God for the problem. I'm trying to play God and say, I don't need you, God. I can handle this. I can take I can take care of this problem. And then God, in his like a father in his kindness, he causes us to err, he causes us to go wrong, to crash and burn, and so we can say, Uncle. Amen. All right. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you peace. Amen. We rejoice in our in our happiness here. There's a little more on it right here. Uh, it says right here, we need serenity. We need serenity to be able to accept the consequences of our actions. And how do we get serenity? We thank God for our bad actions, and then it turns into serenity. Ha! Huh. God grant me the serenity over something stupid I put myself, someone else put me into it. Help me to accept the things, because right at the moment, I cannot change it. Now, what am I going to do about it? Give me the courage to change those things with your wisdom. And... To, it's beautiful and know you're under you're the difference amen not to run into that again so for me folks it's it's trusting him and thanking him that I'm in that in that situation in that failure that there's no hope thank you God I create hope God creates hope out of out of misery God create creates hope out of failure God creates hope at a, a, you know, a stabbings in the back. All you got to do is thank him. That's letting go and letting God. Amen. So with that, there's no escaping the consequences of our actions, folks. God can give us a serenity about our past failures if we are willing to take responsibility for them and ask God's forgiveness and then you thank, every time that the memory comes up, you thank him for his forgiveness. You thank him that you're a mess up. And that's confessing 
when we face this with courage by thanking him for that our feet hurt, unexpected bills, uh, we keep doing, we keep going into the mud. We thank him that we're the ones who keep going back into the mud. We may well spare ourselves and our loved ones of many years of additional pain. All right, guys, we learned our lesson. Okay, let's not go back and get those cases and get those problems. We can learn. We're not like an old dog that can't learn new tricks. I am asking you to be good. I am asking you to be good at thanking God for our, your problems. I am asking you. I am asking you to turn the switch off enthusiasm, laughter, and joy. And everything is wonderful. Everything is awesome, even the problems. All right? That's our new attitude. We are going to be of service. We have chosen to be of service, to be in the army of God. And we suck it up. The people are going to throw mud, shit, glass, all kinds of junk. And you love them. Love them while you go through it. Thank God for the problems. Talk to you later. God bless you. Greetings. We're going to be reading Psalms 114 to 118, please. Psalm 114 in the NIV, New International Version. When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob... From a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back, the mountains leaped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it, sea, that you fled? Why, Jordan, did you turn back? Why, mountains, did you leap like rams, you hills like lambs? Tremble, earth, tremble at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. Psalms 115. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Again, Let's all of us say that. Say, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. One more time. Not to me, Lord, not to me, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness to me. Amen. When you... I need to drill that in my heart. See, it feels good. Took a deep breath. That means we punctured the kingdom of God. We're we're more spiritual and acknowledging God as our Savior, Master, His love and faithfulness all around us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. Back to Psalm 115, verse 2. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases Him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel. 
feed but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throat. Those who make them will be just like them, and so will all who trust in them. All you Israelites trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord, for he is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heaven belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen. The reading of Psalm 116. I love the Lord, for he has heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The course of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone's a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Say this with me. Say, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, Praise the Lord. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 118. 
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. Come on, say it after me. Say, his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surround me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarm around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand has, is lifted on high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stones the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bowls in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. 
Living one day at a time is a dis- discipline that we all have to focus on when we are in recovery. Reading for today is out of Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, or clothes. Doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because they, your Heavenly Father feeds them, and you are for, far more valuable to Him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment into your life? Of course not. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all of his glory, was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? You have so little faith. So don't worry about having enough. food or drink or clothing, why be like the pagans who are deeply concerned about these things? Your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Okay, let's pray the serenity prayer again. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. It is easy to slip back into worrying about tomorrow, dwelling on what-ifs and the if-onlys. Each day brings a host of things we cannot change. There will always be circumstances beyond our control. We must also face the reality of who we are. Human beings confined within the slice of life we call today. It is tempting to deny the present, but escaping reality is part of the insanity of our addictive way of life. Jesus said, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Matthew 6, 27 and 34. The prophet Jeremiah said, The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By His mercies, we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is His faithfulness. We have been kept from complete destruction. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. Lamentations 3, 22-23. Since God's grace comes in daily doses, that's the best way to face life. We need to ask ourselves at every turn in life, am I expecting, am I accepting this present moment or am I pretending trying to escape into the past or the future? Each day there is something to find joy in. And there is strength promised for the troubles of that day. 
the psalmist wrote, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalms 118.24 We too can choose to find joy, strength, and sanity when we accept each day's realities. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's study. Psalm 1 from the Recovery Bible. All the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with scoffers, but they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about His law. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do they prosper. But this is not true of the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Verses 1-6 through six through the Recovery Bible says, Turning our will over to God means turning away from the kind of people who draw us into temptation. There is no better source for wisdom and direction than the Word of God. When we fail to study and apply God's Word, we tend to drift through life. We are tossed around by every new fad or philosophy that comes our way. Recognizing our sin and being willing to change our sinful habits is the way to avoid God's judgment. God wants to help us live a godly life, but if we refuse to work on removing the character defects that slow the recovery process, we will certainly suffer the consequences. Chapter 2 Psalms 2 Why do the nations rage? Why do the people waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from their slavery. But the one who rules in heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, my holy city. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have become your father. Only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possessions. I will break them with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. Now then, you kings, act wisely, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoicing with trembling. Submit to God's royal son, or he will become angry, and you will be destroyed in the midst of your pursuits. For his anger can flare up in an instant, but... What joy for all who find protection in him.
verses 1 through 6 in chapter 2. If God is in charge of the world, why do we continually try to do things our own way? Fighting God's program is useless and foolish. Many turn from God because they think it involves becoming his slave. But if we reject God's rule in our lives, we will invariably become a slave to someone or something else. The foolish man who rejects God's rule soon falls into a prison of sin and destruction. The only way we can be in tune with God's plan and receive his help is to accept his loving rule in our lives. The word of the Lord. Amen. Psalms 3. O Lord, I have so many enemies. So many enemies are against me. So many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head on high. I cried to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept. I awoke in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May your blessings rest on your people. Psalms 3, verses 1 through 4. Even David, a righteous man, recognized problems in his life that had become unmanageable. When we fail, even our friends sometimes begin to think we are beyond God's help. David, however, knew otherwise. He looked to God for help and encouragement, calling out to God to increase our knowledge of Him is one of the most important steps in the recovery process. Calling out to God to increase our knowledge of Him is one of the most important steps in the recovery process. Let us say the set-aside prayer. God, I set aside everything I think I know about this program, these steps, myself, and especially you, God, that I may have a fresh and brand new revelation and an an open mind of these steps, myself, this program, and even you, God, today in Jesus' name. amen. Amen. In verses 5 through 8 on chapter 3, God comforted David so much that he could sleep in the face of his troubles. What is more, David's worries and anxieties vanished when he focused his thoughts fully on God. He could view life as though all of his problems had been eliminated. By placing his problems in the hands of God, David had made the most important step towards solving them. True deliverance and happiness come when we acknowledge God as our helper and the source of our strength. Amen. Chapter 4. Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God, who declare me innocent. O God, 
Take away my distress, have mercy on me, and hear my prayers. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make these groundless accusations? How long will you pursue lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer proper sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let the smile of your face shine on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and wine. I will lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Uh, Verses 4 to 5, they say, Turning our will over to God is not a one-time experience. It is a moment-by-moment decision to keep our minds fixed on doing God's will. Today, we don't sacrifice animals at an altar to please God, but we can offer God our life as a living sacrifice. In order to do this, we must seek out and then follow God's plan for a holy and healthy living. Verses 6 through 8. Many people around us cannot see God at work in our life. They see only our past failures. But as we seek God and with his help make changes, our success and recovery will allow others to see God's power. True joy comes from God, a joy that is greater than all the gladness the world can produce. Nothing will bring us more peaceful nights of sleep than the knowledge that God is with us and helping us to progress in recovery. Our last chapter for today's reading is Psalm 5. O Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I will never pray to anyone but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord, Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. O God, you take no pleasures in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the slightest sin. Therefore the proud will not be allowed to stand in your presence. For you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house With deepest awe, I will worship at your temple. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Tell me clearly what to do and show me which way to turn. My enemies cannot speak one truthful word. Their deepest desire is to destroy others. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their speech is filled with flattery. O God, declare them guilty. Let them be caught in their own traps. Drive them away because of their many sins, for they rebel against you. 
but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Protect them so all who love your name may be filled with joy. May you bless the godly, O Lord, surrounding them with your shield of love. In verses 1 through 7 of chapter 5, we have probably tried just about everything to escape our slavery to destructive habits. David understood how foolish it was to look for help from anything or anyone else but God. One by one, he brought his needs daily to God. David understood that God would not accept the prayers of one who was trusting in himself and continuing in his sin. When we trust God for help in our moment-by-moment walk of obedience, his wall of protection surrounds us wherever we all go and whatever we do. Amen. Verses 8 through 12 say, They... David requests God's guidance because he knew that God's plan for him was the only way to avoid the destructive traps he faced. Our old friends, like David's enemies, will tell us the big lie, that one more sin won't hurt us. Their words sound good, but their lives prove that they are slaves of sin and that they are headed for destruction. In the midst of these snares of the world, we can always find protection by trusting in God. Welcome to today's reading. We're going to be reading five chapters of Psalms. We have the Living Recovery Bible. And we're going to read the commentaries on them. Fired up, excited. This is the proper way for us to get our, maintain our recovery properly with the Spirit of God. I found out that through the years, as I read Proverbs of the Day and five Psalms, five chapters of Psalms, they give, they make me happy. They give me satisfaction in life. A lot of the problems that I have is not reading enough, so I, I feel awkward. We were made to at least consume, you know, two to three hours of reading daily. You know, I was told that I wasn't going to make it in the program if I didn't read six hours a day. I've been at it quite a while, reading today. <laughs> I guess they were right. I'm glad I listened. Okay, I'll be reading Psalm 11 right now. It says, I trust in the Lord for protection. Let's go ahead and pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Psalm 11. I trust in the Lord for protection, so why do you say to me, fly to the mountain for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and setting their arrows in the bowstring. They shoot from the shadow of those who do right. The foundation of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everything closely, examining everything one on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. 
He hates everyone who loves violence. He rains down blazing coals on the wicked, punishing them with burning sulfur and scorching winds. For the Lord is righteous and he loves justice. Those who do what is right will see his face. And the commentary says, Security from temptation can only be found in God. Running elsewhere for help to merely human sources and programs will never do any long-term good. If we turn only to human resources for help, the people and situations that endanger us will cause us to fall when we are most vulnerable. They will destroy us when the human resources will depend on our unavailable. God is always with us, and if we put our trust in Him, we will never be without the means to overcome temptation. You know, I'm Fernando. I am in recovery. This tells me that, you know, this is why I need it so. Because I run to God for that ease and comfort that I get only from God. You know, that I'm, I'm hooked up with my Heavenly Father and I feel good about it. Amen. Okay, Psalm 12 says, Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. Neighbors lie to each other, speaking with flattering lips and insincere hearts. May the Lord bring their flattery to an end and silence their proud tongues. They say we will lie to our heart's content. Our lips are our own. Who can stop us? The Lord replies, I have seen violence done to the helpless, and I have heard the groans of the poor. Now I will arise to be up to rescue them, as they have longed for me to do. The Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times. Therefore, Lord, we know you will protect the oppressed, preserving them from forever from this lying generation, even though the wicked strut about and evil is praised throughout the land. We need not worry about the harm that lies liars may bring us commentary god has promised us to protect us from those who try to destroy us people make a great mistake if they don't understand that god is not like us his words are pure he never deceives nor does he ever fail to keep his promise god has offered to protect us from the wicked if we but ask if we really want to avoid tempting situations God offers us his protection. Amen. Psalm 13. O Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the light to my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he has been so good to me. Commentary from the Recovery Bible says, The recovery process is often long with seemingly interminable stretches of spiritual bareness 
At times, we may be convinced that God has forgotten us completely. We may feel overwhelmed by our problems and baffle that God does nothing to help. David began this psalm with similar feelings. Then we demonstrated a helpful way of dealing with the temptation to give us to give in to discouragement. We can turn our focus away from our problems and on to God. When we turn our thoughts to God, we will see that He is already at work in us to complete the recovery process and to fill us with joy. Amen. Psalm 14. The only fools, only fools say in their hearts, there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. No one does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if there's e even one with real understanding, one who seeks for God. But no, all have turned away from God. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not even one. Will those who do evil never learn, who eat up my people like bread? They wouldn't think of praying to the Lord. Terror will grip them, for God is with those who obey him. The wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord will protect his people. Oh, that salvation would come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel. For when the Lord restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Commentary. Our refusal, refusal to believe in God is the first step towards failure in recovery. Unless we can accept that there is a God who is concerned about us, there is no hope for us. The psalmist gave us a good term to, to describe the people who refuse to believe in God. Fools. The world is filled with evil-minded fools, but we don't have to be like them. We prove we are not such people by deciding to turn our wills over to God. Amen. And our last psalm for today is Psalm 15. Who may worship in your sanctuary, O Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. Speaking the truth from sincere hearts, those who refuse to slander others or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise the persistent sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who do not charge interest on the money they lend and who refuse to accept bribes to, to testify against the innocent. Commentary. If we want to experience recovery, we must be committed to honesty, integrity, and right living. We must quit living ourselves we must quit lying to ourselves and to others. And we must stop doing things that hurt other people. These are all essential elements of any effective personal inventory if we hope to bring reconciliation to our relationships. Amen, amen. The word of the Lord. Have a wonderful day.
Let us finish the song with the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me with as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those that would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Psalm 6. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my body is in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? Return, O Lord, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing love. For in death, who remembers you? Who can praise you from the grave? I am worn out from sobbing. Every night tears drench my bed. My pillow is wet from weeping. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Go away, all you do who do evil, for the Lord has heard my crying. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. May all my enemies be disgraced and terrified. May they suddenly turn back in shame. Psalms uh, verses 1 through 5. Although we might want instant relief from the anguish of temptation, it doesn't usually come immediately. But when we realize that we are powerless over our dependencies or compulsions, we have taken the first step towards recovery. Once we have acknowledged that God has the power to help us, we have taken the second step. Knowing about these important steps, however, is never enough to help us avoid destruction. We need to act on them too. Even though we may be suffering greatly, we can have confidence that God answers our prayers. God will always hear our petitions and rescue us. We should be as bold as David is here, claiming victory at the end of his prayer. Prayer should not be a last-ditch tactic. It should be the basis for our battles for recovery. Uncle, thank you, God. I say, Uncle, thank you for giving me the victory. In Jesus' name, giving us the victory. Amen. Psalm 7. I come to you for protection, Lord, my God. Save me from my persecutors. Persecutors, rescue me. If you don't, they will try to maul me like a lion, tear me to pieces with no one to rescue me. O Lord, my God, if I have done wrong, or am I guilty of injustice, if I have betrayed a friend or plundered my enemy without a cost, then let my enemies capture me, let them trample me into the ground, let my honor be left in the dust." Arise, O Lord, in anger. Stand up against the fury of my enemies. Wake up, my God, and bring justice. Gather the nations before you. Sit on your throne high above them. The Lord passes judgment on the nations. Declare me righteous, O Lord, for I am innocent, O Most High. End the wickedness of the ungodly, but help all those who obey you. For you look deep within the mind and the heart 
O righteous God? God is my shield, saving those whose hearts are true and right. God is a judge who is perfectly fair. He is angry with the wicked every day. If a person does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and ignite his flaming arrows. The wicked conceive evil. They are pregnant with trouble. They give birth to lies. They dig a pit to trap others and then fall into it themselves. They make trouble, but it backfires on them. They plan violence for others, but it falls on their own heads. I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. Amen. That was Psalm 7. And in in verses 11 to 16, God is patient, but there is a limit to how long he will tolerate those who continue to rebel against him. When we choose to live in ways that run counter to God's program, we will quickly discover that our problems only grow worse. Huh. The plans we make to achieve personal success at the expense of others will destroy us in the end. We will only fall prey to our own schemes. Amen. It has a margin, says here, says C915. I guess it's Psalms 9, verse 15. Let's go over there and take a look. It says, The nations have fallen into the pit they dug for others. They have been caught in their own trap. And us that have experience that we say that's so true. We have fallen, try to deceive. Uh, for instance, uh, the uh, welfare department, uh, you get you get hit 10 times back. How many have experienced that? All right now, thank you guys for our experience. We move on. All right, Psalms 8. Oh Lord, our Lord, the majesty of your name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and nursing infants to give you praise. They silence your enemies. You were sickening who were seeking revenge. Excuse me. When I looked at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have set in place, what are mortals that you should think of us? Mere humans that you should care for us. For you made us only a little lower than God, and you crown us with glory and honor. You put us in charge of everything you made. Give us authority over all things, the sheep and the cattle and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, the majesty of your name fills the earth. Let's go ahead and pray. I'm not. I'm feeling a little anxious. Um, I don't know why. Maybe because I didn't pray, and my reading is a little fa- faster than I, I believe it should be. Please say. Let's say the set aside, set aside prayer. God, I set aside everything I think I know about this Bible, the Word, and you, God, and myself. Help me to put it aside and forget about it. And Lord, I ask you, help me to have a fresh new revelation about the Word, the Scriptures, myself, and especially you, Lord. 
of who you are and your new ways, Lord. Grant me success as I read your word, Lord God, and honor the people that are listening to them, Lord. Bless them with exceedingly blessings today. Heal their hearts and their minds and their souls, Lord, as you promised, Lord, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. You know, there, were, <clears throat> there was a song that was very good, Psalm 8, <clears throat> and uh, it's on his name. How majestic is your name, O Lord, in all the earth. O Lord, how majestic your name is all the earth. <clears throat> I used to sing it with a lot of hippies in the 80s when we were, uh, I call them hippies, but they were the, the birth of the children of hippies. I just happened to be see the two slots pass. But there were a bunch of young kids in a school auditorium, and they had a, a really sharp, long-haired pastor, a young guy, you know. Um, I, if I would deem him with a label, I would call him efficient. He would tell us how he, he would study. You know, he'd get up an hour or two early and read every all the information he needs to read before he goes take the test at all. Uh, you know, efficiency. And he would sing. Hey, we had everybody sing this song. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. King of kings, Lord of lords. Oh, Lord, our God almighty. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Prince of peace, mighty God. Oh, Lord, our God almighty. I don't think that's the right song, but... My prayer must have worked. I'm happy. Okay, um, verses 3 to 9. Many of our problems are rooted in our low self-esteem. Perhaps we were never listened to as children. Or maybe we were abused by people who had authority over us. Whatever the roots of our problems, we are now probably overly sensitive to the attacks of others. We see here that God has made us to be fantastic beings with great honor and authority. We should never sell ourselves short. Self-esteem should be based on what God thinks of us, not on what others say about us. One of the things I do is I say, or God has shown me that I am fortunate. You know, if you start saying, I am fortunate, uh, gratitude will spring up all the way around. Everything you look at, you say, wow, I'm fortunate to to participate in that. I'm fortunate to experience that. I'm fortunate to be listening to that. I'm fortunate to have these friends. So if you say, I am fortunate, you're, you're it, I am in the will of God. When I say I am, and then I declare what I am, I am fortunate. I am good. I am fine. Those are good for our souls, for our bodies, for our immune system. It releases good endorphins in the habit of saying, I am good, I am fine. I am victorious, I am fortunate. Don't let me confuse you, but let's start with I am fortunate. Get it down in our souls. And if you're sick, say, I am fine, I am good. You're declaring the future. You're declaring that we we belong to the children and the family of God. I am. I am that I am in the Lord. Amen. And if you don't agree with that, uh, call your sponsor. Psalms 9. Okay. 
I will thank you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, almost high. Again, let me say that again. Psalms 9. I will thank you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. My enemies turn away in retreat. They are overthrown and destroyed before you. For you have judged me, judge in my favor. From your throne you have judged with fairness. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have wiped out their names forever. My enemies meet their doom. Their cities are perpetual ruins. Even the memory of their uprooted cities is lost. But the Lord reigns forever, executing judgment from His throne. He will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, have never abandoned anyone who searches for you. Sing praises to the Lord who reigns in Jerusalem. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. For he who avenges murder cares for the helpless. He does not ignore those who cry to him for help. Lord, have mercy on me. See how I suffer at the hands of those who hate me. Snatch me back from the jaws of death. Save me so I can praise you publicly at Jerusalem's gates, so I can rejoice that you have rescued me. The nations have fallen into the pit they dug for others. They have been caught in their own traps. The Lord is known for his justice. The wicked have trapped themselves in their own snares. The wicked will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all the nations who ignore God. For the needy will not be forgotten forever. The hopes of the poor will not always be crushed. Arise, O Lord, do not let mere mortals defy you. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Make them tremble in fear, O Lord. Let them know that they are merely men. Psalms 9, 1 through 6. As we experience God's help, and begin to change our lives for the better, we have the responsibility to carry the message of deliverance to others so their lives can be changed too. As we allow God to help us overcome the defects of our character, others will see what God has done for us and may also receive the gift of hope. Our painful struggles with our addictions and compulsions and our victories through God's help can be a source of encouragement and guidance to others whose lives are headed towards destruction. In verses 15 to 20, the people who set traps for others will ultimately be trapped themselves. God ensures that such people do not succeed in the long run. Those who realize they need God's help and turn to Him will receive it. Those who try to control their problems alone will ultimately fail. If we think we are in control of our own destiny or the destinies of others, we have a terrible surprise in store. 
One day, God will step in and demonstrate who is truly in control. Since God is ultimately in control, the only wise plan to follow is God's plans. Amen and amen. Psalms 10. This is our last psalm. Thank you for hanging in there with me. O Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I need you the most? Proud and wicked people viciously oppress the poor. Let them be caught in the evil they plan for others. For they brag about their evil desires. They praise their greedy and curse the Lord. They praise the greedy and curse the Lord. These wicked people are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead. Yet they succeed in everything they do. They do not see your punishment awaiting them. They pour scorn in all their enemies. They say to themselves, nothing bad will ever happen to us. They will be free of trouble. We will be free of trouble forever. Their mouths are full of cursing, lies, and threats. Trouble and evil are in the tips of their tongues. They lurk in the dark alleys, murdering the innocent who pass by. They are always searching for some helpless victim. Like lions, they crush silently, waiting to pounce on their helpless. Like hunters, they capture their victims and drag them away in nets. The helpless are overwhelmed and collapse. They fall beneath the strength of the wicked. The wicked say to themselves, God isn't watching. He will never notice. Arise, O Lord. Punish the wicked, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why do the wicked get away with cursing God? How can they think God will never call us to account? But you do see trouble and grief they cause. You take note of it and punish them. The helpless put their trust in you. You are the defender of orphans. Break the arms of the wicked, evil people. Go after them until the last one is destroyed. The Lord is king forever and ever. Let those who worship other gods be swept from the land. Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will listen to their cries and comfort them. You will bring justice to the orphans and the oppressed so people can no longer terrify them. Amen. Psalms, verses 13 to 18 says, Even when it appears that God is blind to the evil deeds of others, we can be sure that one day he will respond with judgment. Those who drag others into sin will be judged harshly by God. At times, God's work quietly behind the scene. At times, God works quietly behind the scenes, helping those who admit their helplessness to overcome the enemies and problems they face. Did you get that? It said God works quietly behind the scenes, helping those who say uncle, who admit their helplessness to overcome the enemies and problems he's faced. Now, that is on our AA Big Book where it says God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Okay, Let go and let God and say, God, this is too much. I cannot handle this person, this place, this bill, this situation. God, I thank you. I'm a misfit. I need your help. 
I think, you know, when you say I'm a misfit, it punches your your pride in the stomach. It punches my self-sufficiency in the stomach. It punches my ego in the stomach. It punches that 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 part of me that God doesn't like. You know, uh, He wants me to be as pliable as little children, and say, Dad, this is too much for me. I can't handle this. I need your help. You know, um, at times God works quietly behind the scenes, helping those who admit their helplessness to overcome their enemies and problems they face. You know, a lot of I work with a lot of people in this program. And I noticed that people say, well, well, I prayed, you know, so in other words, God has to do it. Or uh, because I prayed, you know, uh, they're putting their hope and their strength on the prayer of their own. So it's really going back to themselves okay, as, as the power source. Where is the power coming from? Well, my prayers, my faith. Um, there's a little trick to that. I see something wrong in it, you know. And it's evident in their lives, okay? That's to say, God, I, I, this thing is overwhelming. Uh, I'm surrendered. I don't know how to handle this, Lord. I, I'm a mess up. If I try to, I keep trying it on my own, I keep falling off the handle, jumping off the handle, getting irritated. I need your help, Lord. I surrender this situation. I know this situation is to, is to boil me up and and clear me of wrong motives so I can be right standing with you, God. So I surrendered. I take five minutes to surrender to it. Not my ways, Lord. Have your way be done. Thank you for helping me with this situation. Even prosperity, even success, even uh, acquiring cars, houses, all that requires for us to settle down and turn it over. We admit At times, God works quietly behind the scenes, helping those who admit their helplessness to overcome the enemies and problems they face. When we humble ourselves and put our trust in God, we can have hope that one day God will give us a full recovery. Amen. A full recovery. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. Let's pray out with the uh, serenity prayer, please. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Keep coming back. Good morning. Let us go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Today's reading, we're going to be reading from a booklet that I get. It's on my text from my sponsor. It's called uh, Dream, I guess, in title. I turn my dreams into reality. Some of the most audacious, bold, history-making events began as dreams. Born in the imaginations of those who understood the promise of and potential of humanity and worked to realize their vision. Even if my dreams do not change the world, they have the power to change my life. Today I remember those whose dreams were 
fuel by their hard work, faith, and determination. I look to their example when my dreams feel far away and I'm running low on hope. I rekindle my dreams through my imagination, which keeps them vivid. My strength helps me remain committed to their realization. And my zeal renews my enthusiasm to work toward creating the life and the world of my dreams. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Joel 2.28 I'm Fernando. I am in recovery. Thank you so much for listening to this. You know, one of the easiest ways to uh, for me and that I saw, well, actually, I'm not even practicing it right now, is to have a collage of uh of dreams and a dream could be a vacation, a, a house, a building, a business. You know, some of the dreams I used to have when I put a collage, I would like go overboard, you know, put a four uh, story building, you know, and an airplane parked in front of it, and you know, and like distribution center for international stuff, and a giant in the business. Glenora business community and so forth and so on and you know I should have started with a, a box of Cheerios <laughs> you know and seen myself physically fit uh, uh, running hiking enjoying the outdoors swimming uh, you know doing uh, physical dreams you know for endurance and stamina and eating properly and and um, you know Pictures of the basic thing of what makes a, a good life. Maybe a picture of a bunch of books, too, you know. Um, pictures of me helping others, maybe feeding the poor. Uh, you know, those are f- a fundamental basis for a good life and a good self-esteem. You know, they say, in universities say the people that are in service for others three, four hours a week have better blood pressure lower blood pressure, happier, earn more money, and have a disposition to, uh, to enjoy life easily and more readily and to take things in stride. All right, I'm very grateful to be here and all the way live. I am in recovery. Problems do happen. People do fly off the handle. People... People are going through things. They stay up all night playing video games, trying to kill that guy on the electronic thing. And then the next day, you're there. So their minds are still um, hypnotized with uh, killings, killings, and killings. So forgive them and read. That's from my point. I'm talking to myself. I forgive them and I read and I enjoy the literature because it helps my imagination. Let's get out of here. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Keep coming back. It works. Greetings. Coming to you from Albertson's parking lot. I'm Fernando, alcoholic. It's been a great day today. I was calculating my uh, my time I spent in the program. 
you know, I calculated with the time of making coffee for maybe five meetings a week, secretary one, being on standby for the others. We have seven, day, seven days a week meetings at the park. And we have Al-Anon meetings, too. We got, I got three Al-Anon meetings a week in addition to uh, five, six, six AA meetings. And then the, um, the Zoom classes we have, seven days a week, Zoom classes, at least minimum about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, and what else we got? And then we got unexpected uh, weekenders, AAers, sponsees, NA or AA that come over. And uh, we read, I, I sit them down and read because they don't come in at seven in the morning. So I have to do double duty and they come visit me. They have to read something. They come and say hello. They eat breakfast. They got to read something and I record them for you. For my podcast. Anyway, all the way live, I'd just like to encourage you, keep your program up. Let's not rest on our laurels. Let's keep thanking God for our problems and difficulties as they build character. They, they build wisdom, believe it or not. Problems build wisdom. We seem to have a conduit with God. Just imagine God is the ocean and our little half-inch water hose connected to the ocean that's our solutions. That's what we use to get wisdom to do life. So if we thank them and praise them, we will be able to open up a big old um, two and a half foot water line coming down. I'm telling you, we will increase in wisdom if you thank God for the problem. And invariably, that's exactly what we needed all the time. We needed wisdom to know how to run our lives and the way God has orchestrated. How is that one way, can I tell you? It's by giving us understanding. God, the way God sees understanding is, if you mess around with sin, yeah, I said sin, uh, missing the mark, what God and Father's will is to us, then it corrupts us. It deteriorates us. It takes our peace from us. We become lifeless and, and self-seeking. Instead of seeking the king for our answers, we become self-seeking. And so the only way to break that cycle is to thank God for the problem. So then you can stand on it and we can get it off our shoulders. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. All right. Enjoy. Have a great day. Give them heaven. The word for today is recovery, restoration, restored. We are restored. We ask our Father God in heaven to restore us completely once and for all. We believe it. We receive it. And we act on it. Let's pray. Our Father who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It works. Reading the book of Habakkuk from Revised Standard Version. The oracle of God with which Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and thou wilt not hear? Or cry to the violence, and thou wilt not save? Why dost thou make me see wrong and look upon trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law is slack and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe it told. For lo, I am rousing the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breath of the earth and seize habitations not their own. Dread and terrible are they. <clears throat> their justice and dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Yes, their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence. Terror of them goes before them. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and of rulers they make sport. They laugh at every fortress, for they heap up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. Are doubt not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them as a judgment. O thou, O rock, hast established them for chastisement. Thou who art pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on wrong, why dost thou look on faithful men? Why dost thou look on faithless men, and art silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? For thou makes men like the fish of the sea, like crawling things, and have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his net, so he rejoices and exults. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his sign. But for by them he lives in luxury, and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly slaying nations forever? I will take my stand to watch and station myself on the tower and look forth to see what he will say to me and what I would answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits in time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. 
It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, he who chose soul is not upright in him shall fail. Behold, he whose soul is not upright in him shall fail. But the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is treacherous. The arrogant man shall not abide. His greed is as white as hell. Like death, he has never enough. He gathers up himself all nations and collects all his own, all people. He collects as his own all people. Shall not all these take up their taunt against him in scoffing derision of him and say, Woe to him who heaps up what is not his own, or for how long, and loads himself with pledges. Will not your debtor suddenly arise, and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be booty for them, because you have plundered many nations. All the remnants of the people shall plunder you. For the blood of man and violence of the earth, the cities and all who dwell therein. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house. To set his net on high, to be safe from the rest of harm. You have devised shame to your house by cutting off many people. You have forfeited your life. For the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the woodwork respond. Woe to him who builds a town with blood and found a city on iniquity. Behold, it is not from the Lord of hosts that people labor only for fire, and nations weary themselves for not. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord of the, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the earth. Woe to him who makes his neighbors drink of the cup of his wrath and makes them drunk to gaze on their shame. You will be sated with contempt, sated instead of glory. Drink yourself and stagger. The cup is in the Lord's right hand, will come around to you, and shame will come upon your glory. The violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you. The destruction of the beast will terrify you. For the blood of men and violence to the earth to cities and all who dwell therein. What prophet is an idol when it makes maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For the workman trusts in his own creation when he makes dumb idols. Woe to him who says to a wooden thing, Awake to a dumb stone, arise. Can this give revelation? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in it. But the Lord is in his, in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigionat. O Lord, I have heard the report of thee, and thy work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, renew it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God come from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light rays flashed from his hand. 
And there he veiled his power before him, went pestilent and plague, followed close behind. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His ways were as old. I saw tents of cushion and affliction. The curtains of the land of Median did tremble. Was thy wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Why the anger against the rivers or the indignation against the sea? When thou didst ride upon the horses, upon thy chariots of victory, thou didst strip the sheep from the bow and put the arrows to the string. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw thee and withered. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their habitation at the light of thine arrows as they sped at the flash of thy glittering spear. Thou didst destroy the earth in fury. Thou didst trample the nation in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of the people, for the salvation of thy anointed. Thou didst crush the head of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. Thou didst pierce with thy shaft the head of the warriors who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. Thou didst trample the sea with thy horses, the surging of mighty waters. O hear, and my body trembles, my lips quiver in the sound, rottenness enter into my bones. My steps totter beneath me, I will quietly wait for the day of the trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree do not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fall, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, yet I will joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like hinds feet. He makes me tread upon the high places to the core master with stringed instruments. The word of the Lord. Habakkuk. Welcome to today's podcast. I am Fernando. I am in recovery and and actually recovered from being in debt. I used to be in debt so much and I did not want to quit. I wanted to learn to stop using money uh, frivolously. I found out when I got an unemployment, I would use it. I would regret the way I used it. When I would get uh, big checks, I would regret how I handle it. And through the years, I've been looking at debt-free, debt-free uh, ideas. And I have a friend here that's got, that just went through that, and he's going to recommend Dave Ramsey. So please welcome my good friend, uh, which, Ken. Hi, good morning. It's Ken. Uh, yeah, I'm also a AA member. Uh, yeah, I started into uh, AA com- completely enslaved to debt and drinking like <laughs> like most of us and this when I was coming 
Recently, I was reminded and shown and introduced to a gentleman by the name of Dave Ramsey. He is a Christian uh, financial advisor on the radio and or on the online or however you want to do it. Um, excuse me, I'm kind of talking to myself and talking to a phone at the same time, so excuse me. I, I can hear you pretty good. Good, good, I'm glad. Um, yeah, so there's lots of financial advisors out there with various tips and tricks and whatever like that. This one I have found is the most easiest and the most doable process of becoming debt free. And Dave Ramsey has various types of programs out there and one of those programs is to, it's called Financial Peace University. And in that, he breaks down how to become debt free. What's it called again? Financial? It's, it's, it's called Financial Peace University. I love the peace, uh, the part that he puts peace in there. You know, it just, it's, it got my attention. When you said seven, seven levels of peace or something like that. Yes, I, 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 will, I will get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we're in debt, we feel like when we got arrested for DUIs or anything else, Enslaved, mm-hmm. we felt we were captive. We felt like we couldn't do anything, which is the same way with debt. And I do know that in the Bible somewhere it does. I am a, I am a Christian, by the way, not a very good follower. I am a Christian. Um, that the we become slaves to our debt and to our debtors. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a slave. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't. I don't want to owe nobody nothing. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was by some kind of some other people that I know and trust. They introduced me to this program. And like anything, I'm like, oh, that sounds nice, whatever, blah, 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 blah. So I ended up finally saying, you know what? I have enough debt. I'm not going to, it's not going to get paid off. And I can't wait. And so I started, I I got some information. And now before I get going, the uh, financial piece is on, um, is online. And you can find that, again, I don't take credit for any of this. And I do want to give credit where credit is due. On, I believe it's DaveRamsey.com. Or you can find them on YouTube at Dave Ramsey. Just Google Dave Ramsey, it'll pop up. He tells you information that our grandmother would say. Hey, you know what? Save up some money because life happens, blah, 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 blah. And like we all know, life does happen. And if you didn't know, life happens. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so, getting back to this, the financial peace part... And he, Dave Ramsey also goes into more deeper levels of being financial and what you can do with properties and all this. This is a plethora of good stuff. But I'm only going to focus on the becoming debt-free part because that's where I'm at. So the step we already have, we, I'm going to assume that most people out there have, most of us listening do have... Um, some sort of checking and savings account. Fine. If you don't, I suggest getting one. So, 
I recommend a credit union, but that's okay. It's my own side commercial. I do apologize if I'm rambling. I do that a lot. So, um, once you get that all, once you get that all situated, then the baby steps start, and those baby steps are as follows. Again, you can find all of this on Dave Ramsey's website or YouTube or whatever the case may be. And the number one thing is get $1,000 of emergency funds. And emergency funds does not mean, oh, I want to go out with my friends or take my girlfriend out for dinner or whatever or get out of trouble with her. Fine. You keep, that's not an emergency. An emergency is um, you get a flat tire in your car. You need some big emergency comes up. And the, the, the trick to that is um, once you have that, you don't add any money to it. You just leave it there. Fine. Step two, and this is the, and this is the tricky part. This is where it may take a while depending on how, how much debt you have. It may take you years, maybe a couple of years to a few weeks to a few months. That's up to you. So, this, we got step one. We have our $1,000 in emergency fund. Great. On top of your regular checking and savings account. So you already have money. Fantastic. Number two is becoming debt-free. And that debt-free part is what we take all your bills, whether it be student loans, car loans, personal loans that you may have out there, court fees if you have any, whatever bills that you, big, big, big debts you're not, yet we haven't paid on. You take those and you start paying them and, and you list them, smallest to largest. And what you do is you take all your, you take all the bills and you pay off the smallest one first. Once you get that one paid off, then you take that money that you've already paid off, number the first small one, and you break it down and you throw all that money at the next bill and on down the line. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Yes, sir. Let's see, I, uh, I got $1,500 I owe to, um, and when I, as soon as I, I, I have a $50 I'm making to, uh, a TV I bought. So once I get that paid off, I take the 50 and I use it towards my 1500 and along with that other payment. So I just start moving the, the payments down the line, right? Yes, but you are focused, <laughs> you are focused on only one debt at a time. Once you get, let's say, your Best Buy credit card paid off, then you start going down to your student loans. Then and break it on down that way. But in keeping up with the monthly payments, of course. Well, the Dave Ramsey actually suggests not to have any credit cards. Mm -hmm. But again, that can all be found at DaveRamsey.com and his opinion on credit cards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I personally don't have one. I use all my daily, all my daily um, purchases on a debit card. Mm -hmm. And the the real trick is not trick. I'm sorry. Excuse me. The, the real goal is to pay cash for everything so you don't end up in debt. That debt is cash. A debit card is cash, I mean. 
You buy it, the, you fill it up with cash. The, the debit card acts as cash where you know you have the money for it. You can go in and pay for it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to... As opposed to... Oh, I'm going to go buy this and I hope I have enough money for it. That's what a credit card does. That's why I don't have one. So, step two... Step one, you got your $1,000 emergency fund, just hanging out there, being groovy, being cute. Step two, you've worked, you're working on your babies, you're working on your, um, excuse me, you're working on your debt snowball. That may take you however, however else you want to, however long it may take you. Some may take longer than others. Going back to the whole AA thing, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. It will happen. And that's where your freedom, and that's where your freedom starts and begins because mm-hmm. once you're debt free you have all that extra money just saying hey I don't owe anybody anything and it's a fantastic feeling step three goes into you have to, you start building up three to six months of emergency funds mm-hmm. and that too varies based on your personal income mm-hmm. depends on your life situation whether it be rent Whatever, whatever it may be, but again, that is also an emergency fund. You don't touch it, so you have that. Now, step four. Step four through seven really kind of vary if you have kids, mm-hmm. if you have a house, or whatever the case may be. Step four is fifteen uh, percent of your take-home pay into retirement account and again that may that varies based on your employer and so that's where your wealth building begins mm-hmm. it actually begins in step three so you've got step one you're groovy you've got step two you're good step three depending on your income depending on what you're doing the numbers may differ, but try and shoot for three to six months of emergency funds. So now not only have you doubled or maybe even tripled your $1,000 that's already sitting there, but you have this extra money all for emergencies that you don't touch. I have it linked up to where, excuse me one minute. Okay, I've done. I have it linked up to where I can only touch with my ATM card or my debit card my initial checking and savings account. Depending on your institution, it may work that way. Great. If it does, you're on you're on fire. If it doesn't, you can find another bank to do it in. Whatever the case may be. So now you have step one, step two, and you're working on step three. You can work on step three while step, working on step four. Step four is where you're building up your retirement. And the younger you are, and the more money, the more time you put in, your wealth will grow. Now, step five is pay off the house. Step five? Yeah, step five is pay off the house. Mm. I don't have a house, so what I'm doing for step five is saving up for a house or a condo or whatever the case may be. This is where it varies. If you don't have a house, use it for some kind of housing for yourself. 
step six, if you have kids, use it for a college fund for your kids. Or you can use it for a college fund for you. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the idea is to cash flow college. Sounds like a crazy idea, but it can be done. I know people that are doing it. Step seven is where the fun begins and, and happens is where you start building wealth. So like I said before, step four through six can vary depending <laughs> depending on if you have kids, if you don't have a if you have a house, if you don't, then you pay off the house and every so right now I'm I'm at step three and step four and I'm also saving up for a place to live for myself. Permanent place to live. And so once again the baby steps do work. It's based on just like sobriety. It does take it does take some kind of dedication and sacrifice. But it will set your it will set yourself up for further success in life. And I like to say this. I don't want to say it, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not broke and I'm not poor. There's two different things. Poor to state of mind. Oh you and I'm I'm not poor and I'm not I'm not broke either because mm -hmm. I do have blessings in my life and so just if you, again all that information can be found at DaveRamsey.com YouTube Dave Ramsey Google Dave Ramsey it'll all pop up mm -hmm. I don't take any credit for this I have shared it because people have shared it with me mm -hmm. just like my sobriety. And I'm not, I, and I am an actual user of Dave Ramsey. I'm not a commercial. And if you want to use it, great. If you don't, fantastic. And all I got to say is one step at a time. And we will make it. Amen. I, thank you for your time. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Ramsey, DaveRamsey.com or Ray Dabsey in YouTube. Good to go. Thank you so much for the interview. Thank you, guys. It is possible. A tremendous amount of help. And uh, I got about 95% out of debt. Only got five more percent. So it opens up my mind to keep going at it. Just got that one $900 bill. Got it knocked down. Thank you. <laughs> so the question is, what exercise will burn the most fat? Okay. Out of the three variables, we have duration, intensity and recovery. Intensity is the factor that will burn more fat than any other exercise. In fact, intensity will increase growth hormone by 450%. So what I'm gonna demonstrate is a type of exercise called interval training. These kids, gum. High fructose corn syrup, this is, this is gonna kill you. I like to take the bike, and you can do hills, you can do uh, sprints, and then you can relax because you can coast with the bike. But when you do this, 
Um, you probably don't want to start with a hill. You want to start with something a little bit smaller. There are many exercises, like you could do, uh, for example, you can do the skiing exercise back and forth, jumping back and forth. You can do um, um, pushing against the wall, trying to push the wall down. You can uh, jump rope. You can do um, push-ups. You can jump up on up and down like burpees. But the main thing is to get high intensity with some rest back and forth. But before you do this, make sure you're sleeping, make sure you have enough energy, and make sure you're somewhat fit. And if you're just going into this, you might want to start walking and then doing it very, very small and gradually working yourself up. But you want to work up to this. Let's check it out. to get rid of your bump, right? So that's what my wife always calls it. All right, so you can uh, take anything in your house. You can do stairs. You can, if you don't have a stump, you can use go to the gym. You want to find a little platform and you can hop on things. It's called plyometrics. So basically it's, a, it's the science of hopping. But you want to get your whole body, every single cell, every single muscle in explosion. And then we want to relax. We're relaxing now. We're going to let our body fully come down to a pre-resting state for about three minutes. So you're going to do high intensity for maybe 30 seconds and rest for three minutes. But each person is different. You can calculate your exercise recovery cycle with different tests, but we're not going to get into that right now. So you're resting, you're sitting here, you're waiting for your heart rate to come down. You're not jogging in place. You're sitting down. Um, but you want to start off small. You want to jump on small little uh, platforms to work up to this. Don't just jump right up here right away. But I have people in their 70s that are doing this on their stairs at their house. So check out this guy right here. He's 75 years old. He's jumping on his stairs back and forth. Him and his wife are doing it. She's not in her 70s. She's in her 50s. And they do this every other day. So it's very, very healthy for the cardiovascular system. It's good for your blood sugars. And it's really good for fat burning. I want to take it to the next level. I want to see if there's something I could actually jump on that is a little higher than I normally jump on. I have an idea. Let's go over here. What do you think? Should I throw it? Should I try it? Oh, what the heck? You only live once. There's one more point about interval training. To keep growth hormone, which is the anti-aging, fat-burning hormone, continually going up, you have to keep making it more difficult because your body adapts. And when your body gets used to it, that hormone doesn't increase anymore. So you have to constantly come up with creative ideas to get make it harder and harder. So I'm kind of at the stage where I need to come up with a, a really difficult jump, a really high jump. Let me think what I can do. I have an idea. 